Hi, my name is TK Kasnick, and here we are on the Northwest Convergence Zone. Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, stand up for what should be the state song. Louie, Louie. This is the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Uh, Welcome back to our summer edition. (laughs) Summer's finally back, and it's hot as hell. And we're in the man cave naked. Again, that's that's the only way we can do it, man. It's the yearly naked show where we do turn off the uh, camera. (laughs) There's no YouTube video of this because it would be downright ugly and no one would ever tune in again. So uh, welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Northwest Convergence Zone show. We're so glad you're here. I know a lot of you guys are busy. And out on the lakes where you should be and you should be out swimming and kayaking. With your iPod. Yeah, take your iPod along and listen to us. We'll add uh, we'll add a little bit of uh, rays and degrees and niceness to your day. But uh, as always, I'm Big D, and it's great to be here. Hey, this is Big Joe, and as always, I've got to say greetings and uh, hotter-than-hell salutations from uh, somewhere near the Earth's core next to the magna here, or magma. <laughs> The magma. The magna PI? <laughs> That's right. The magma. Uh, sometimes the bits don't work. What can I say? Uh, but anyhow, yes, uh, located here in the man cave in the city of deodorant. Oh, I mean destiny. Or lack of. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've got it by the case. Tacoma, Washington. All right. Big Joe, always good to have you in here with us. And my man, Double D. Double D, how's it going, brother? It's doing great. Great. Just having fun. You're kind of pit, pitting out over there. Yeah, well, I, I had to make the aroma of Tacoma somehow. <laughs> yeah, he was Thank working you. on my car. Yeah, thanks for contributing to that factor. And always Squeeze and Wonder Boy back there doing their thing. We love those guys. We couldn't do it without them. And uh, they are back for another stellar episode, if I do say so myself. Now, speaking of hotter than hell, and hell in particular... Yes, we we've were, been there. We were there. We were actually in Hell's Kitchen. Yes, on Friday, August the thirteenth, which was this last Friday, and a great night had by all. What well, you guys? Your takes on Friday the thirteenth? Our first ever summer crush. We will never forget it. We had a good time. Yes, yeah, a great time. There was uh, great playing by everybody involved. Everybody did a great job. We want to thank them all. That's the Vile Red Falcons. Sweet Kiss Mama. Sweet Kiss Mama. Clover Jane. Yeah, China Davis. And rounding out the night, Jar of Flies. Who absolutely laid it down. They did, yeah. So that was really nice. And I think people... Um, you know, had a good time, got to know a little bit about us, and so hopefully uh, you were at the show and you're checking in and listening to the Convergence Zone. Yeah, for the first time, and if you're not familiar with how we do things here, uh, this is how we do it. Yeah, we keep lay, listening. We lay it down, you dial in or log in or however you do it, uh, pull us up on uh, iTunes, and you listen. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's about it. It's easy. It's, a, it's basically a lot of throwing stuff against the wall and <laughs> hoping something will stick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Double D, your take on uh, the night uh, it was a great night great night at the place had a lot of great bands but i do i know you said not to really say well who's my best but 
I love Jar of Flies. Oh, you were down with the flies. <laughs> I was huh? down with flies. The double yes. D was, was doing the hair swing. He <laughs> it was look amazing. I, look, I I mean, before we started, I lay down like I mean look, the other bands are great. No, I just No, 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 just, no. Don't start that now. Because we before we even started, started this program, I said, <laughs> Don't point out any one band over the other because they were all stellar. They were all great. <laughs> and they Let, are. But then you immediately break protocol <laughs> and say, oh, yeah, my favorite band with Jerry Fly. But the amazing thing about it, though, really is that he liked you the band? think about it from 14 months ago where Double D was at, and this guy is saying <laughs> that an Alice in Chains tribute you, group okay. is who he enjoyed the most. Touche yeah. point one, Joe. Yeah. We have corrupted him totally. <laughs> we have achieved our purpose. Show over. Good night. Yeah, fourteen no. months ago, I didn't even know who Alice in Chains was. <laughs> you he thought it was some fairy tale or he something. He did. He thought it was like a twisted version of Alice in Wonderland. So, anyway, no, all the bands were great, and we want to thank all of them. I mean, for those of you who weren't there early, the Vile Red Falcons, seriously, that was the best I've heard them. They really brought it, and they laid it down nicely. Uh, great. I mean, they were stellar. I, we we were big supporters of those guys, and I wish everybody could have heard them. Uh, Sweet Kiss Mama, always stellar. Yeah. And Clover Jane, that was the first time I've seen Clover Jane, and I was blown away. They were, I mean, Rainstone knows how to do it, and the band was great. China Davis, as always, laid down a great set, and Jar of Flies just, you know, knocked it out of the and, park. And last, the other thing about everybody involved, uh, all of the bands that played, they're all good people, man. I mean, down Great to earth, no are attitudes. Family, no, yeah, they're just, uh, you'd want to know Did you see them. me playing roadie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, was that when you uh, knocked over the microphone and, <laughs> and tripped on the stage? I think I owe some you bands from cash you, you for, uh, I think I put a hole in a drum. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I was standing yeah. there going, about ready to go, hey, hey, hey was, and you just yeah, smashed I fell the, over it right very, into it. It was very Chevy Chase. Kevin, like. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Now, I will say this, it wasn't a, uh, it was a great crowd don't get everybody who was there thank you so much for coming out we really appreciate it and we there was there was well over 200 we probably had 225 250 or, or more it's, it was hard to tell with people coming in and out and it was a long event uh we were really pleased with the turnout but we also know we got bit by the sun the because sun uh every people were out on the lake people were probably out barbecuing and had great intentions of coming down and just you know like man i'm just gonna stay right here we don't blame you <laughs> But you better freaking be at our next event. Or they'd been drinking all day and they were out by 5 o'clock. That could be it, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the deal. All right. Uh, I don't. I was not feeling bad Friday night because, I, I mean, I think our reputation is solid. People were there. A lot of people there who came up to me and said, oh, yeah, we listen. So it was great. We had a great time. But the sun did have a lot to do with people staying outdoors and not coming yes. in because I went to the Rebecca Corey, Alicia Wood, and Elaine Boozler thing on Saturday night. That's a great lineup. And it really wasn't that much to go to that event. And it was at the Ikea, Renton Ikea Center. It was great. Elaine Boozler was funny. Alicia Wood was really on, really on. She was funny. And Rebecca Corey, they taped her set. It's for a one-hour special. She was dynamite. But even they were disappointed. In fact, Elaine Boozler got on stage and said, 
you can't compete with the sun in the Northwest. When the sun no. comes out, everybody is out. It's Washington. You got to take yeah. it when you can get it. She said. She said this. She said, "I know for a fact if it was pouring down rain and Bruce Springsteen was playing three blocks from here, we would still be full, because people in the Northwest they go indoors and they want to be entertained when it's raining. But when it's nice, get outside. We don't blame you. Thank you to those who came. We." Really appreciate it. It was a great night, and uh, stay tuned because we got other stuff coming up, man. We are we're we're not stopping. We are going to we got some other events in our pocket, and we'll be talking about that as we go. Hey, somebody had a birthday this week. Yeah, yes. we kind of mentioned it last week, but it was in the middle of the week, so we didn't make a big deal we about it. We could play so many songs. I'm 18 by Alice Cooper. Yeah, of course the Beatles version of the birthday song. Yeah, but why should we do that? Because they're good songs. <laughs> yeah, but. Wonder Boy had a birthday. He turned 18 this week and uh, yeah. got a job, but he hasn't started work yet, right? Right, because he doesn't yeah, what, have a social security so, card. Wonder Boy, um, just yell out to us, <laughs> what happened on your 18th birthday, brother? What were you doing? Went to the DMV. He said DMV. went to the DMV. And what was the other thing? Two and a half hours in line. And you went where Well, else? that's normal. Social Security. Yeah. So on his 18th birthday, which he's, Half of he, his can day. Smoke, he can smoke now. <laughs> he became a ward of the state. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't have to live at home anymore if he doesn't want to. He could divorce from himself from his parents. Amnesty. He can do it. 18, man. You you know, you got a little freedom there. What does he do? He finds it all, all about our uh, state structure. <laughs> Two and a half hours of Civics DMV. lesson. And Civics after, lesson. Yeah, go back, man. You should get a credit for that. That's all yeah. I'm saying. And after watching, he said, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, no, Saturday, though, you guys had a little uh, uh, get-together. Surprise together. birthday party. Yeah, it was a surprise for me, too. I had no, no idea. Because I didn't invite you. I'm getting... <laughs> yeah. I'm getting ready. I'm on the couch. Watching TV, I'm all ready to go to the Rebecca Corey thing, and we're thinking, oh, what time should we leave? And I get a call from Double D's wife, Mrs. Double D, and she's like, are you going to stop by for Wonder Boy's birthday? And I'm like, when? Tonight. I'm like, I have never heard anything about this. In fact, I spent the entire night with his dad. Careful how you say that. At the Friday night thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, not the entire night. Well, oh, it was 4.30. It was 4.30. Anyway, he doesn't say a word about it. So I'm completely in the dark. Did you get an invite, Joe? No, I didn't. Craig? Nope. No. Nobody Nobody got an invite, but I get it at the last minute. I did show up, and um, I did I give you a cool gift? <laughs> He's barely nodding his head, yes. I want that back. If you're not excited, I want it back. I don't know. What did you give him? 50 bucks, man. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, you start you, you realize you start paying rent at eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start at fifty. All right. Anyway, Wonder Boy, happy birthday. We love you. Yes. And uh thank you. Oh well actually Joe brought him a cake today for yeah, his birthday. That's right. I really I really want to th I, I want you to get your ass to work because I want you to start paying for my social security. That's all I'm saying. I feel a little sorry for him though turning eighteen because <laughs> now that he's a legal uh, a legal adult hanging around with us, you know, he's at risk. He's in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, he might end up in jail. Like some of us have been in jail. All right. Well, our first guest today on the big program, uh, as we say, this is our corner of the podcast world. We're the little podcast that could, and it's all because you guys are out there. And you're listening and you support us, and we really appreciate that. But um, we have somebody who I've been trying to get in here for quite some time now. And the funny thing is she doesn't live that far from me, but she is such a workhorse. And she really 
really is locked into her craft. She knows what she's doing, and I, and we love her. We dig her. I've seen her several times. I can't recommend her shows enough. She has a voice like none other. She lays it down like the, the blues and the rhythm and blues and the funk and the soul like nobody else does in the South Sound, and I think she's going to be rewarded heavily for it here really soon miss kim archer all right everybody our first guest today is uh, somebody we've been trying to get in for a while because we really completely and totally dig her and her music and when you're talking south sound rhythm and blues queen uh old funk uh old school funk and blues and all that's cool there's only one voice and there's only one lady and that is our own south sound right here in tacoma kim archer she's with us today Kim, thanks for coming in. You are so welcome. Thank you for such a lovely introduction. Oh, I, I, Joe, have you seen Kim play? <laughs> I have not had the opportunity yet. Just uh, off your site, some of your videos, and okay, well, I've but, been, uh, makes me definitely want to go. Yeah, I've been to uh, at least two or three of the Kim Archer uh, productions, and I, it, it, may, it leaves you always wanting more. Every when she shuts it down, you're bummed. Because it's like you just want it to keep going. It's just, it's right down your alley. It's just, it's fun. It's, uh, you have a great time. She's having a great time. The band's having a good time. It emanates. And everybody, when they finally shut it down, you're like, really? That was, how long was that? Come on, let's do another one. And she's, she's sweating. She needs a beer. So, um, so Kim, tell us, how long have you been playing around in the Northwest? I know you cover a lot of area. You talk about a road warrior. You are truly a road warrior, play lots of gigs and up and down I-5. How long have you been doing this? Overall, um, almost 20 years. And so locally, since uh, I, I relocated here to the Pacific Northwest in 2004, July of 2004. And you came from? Indiana. Indiana. Indiana, yes. the heartland. The heart, oh, isn't it though? Yes. <laughs> the heartland. So is this where you grew up then? Was in, in, in yeah. Indiana and you hung out there until it was time to head out? Yeah, I uh, grew up there, went to college there, played in bands through high school and college. Always knew that that's really what I wanted to be doing. But um, are you a Hoosier? I am a Hoosier. Look at that! I am a Hoosier. Yes. One of the greatest movies so, of all time. Uh, absolutely. Too. We think so too. We're very proud of it. Yes, well, I think everybody agrees. Mm -hmm. That's a great film. Yes. Yes. Feel uh, proud about that. You know, there's something about there's something about the Heartland. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, it's full of a lot of good people uh, who maybe some of them haven't had uh, as much worldly experience as others, but. Um, it's definitely a great place to grow up. It makes you really appreciate people and understand that, you know, people are very different and, mm -hmm. and that's okay. So. And so why the Northwest? What drove you? What brought you West and not East or go down South? Because your music, it crosses lots of lines. But Northwest has never really been thought of as the blues and funk and soul capital of the United yeah, States. You know, but it should be. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of it here, but you don't really hear a lot about it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think. Um, for a long time now, I think those genres have really had a, a great underground sort of, of community and a vibe like we just refuse to stop. We're just going to keep doing what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think the more we do it, the longer we do it, the better we get at it, obviously. And now I think that we're enjoying a resurgence of interest in blues and R&B. Um, you know, a lot of and and especially live music that's that's really live um you know you're looking at uh, Jay-Z and 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 Maxwell and some of those really great renowned soul and and R&B artists and they're touring with live bands mm -hmm. the tracking stuff is kind of 
fading starting out. To, he's starting to fade out. And Thank now, God. Oh, indeed, huh? Yes, yes. We've been waiting a long time. <laughs> you know, but too, that's, I think that's, you know, music has uh, cycles just like fashion, just like everything else. And I think, um, you know, what we're seeing is, is that live music is really coming back. And, you know, that's good for everybody. It's, uh, it's good for the creative people. It's good for people who play in the cover bands and play out. Uh, but more people are starting, you know, starting to get into that. So I think the Northwest has always had that, you know, kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it. Yes. Um, I think it's it's gaining a resurgence. And that sort of sense of community is what, what brought me out here. I came out here and, and visited a friend who was out here playing in the scene. And um, he kept saying, you got to come out here. You got to come out here. He and I had played in Indiana before together. And so I finally said, okay, okay, I'll come visit you. Because he just kept hounding me. So And once I was here, I was like, Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> and uh, actually, I remember calling my mom from uh, down at Pike Place Market. I just sang a cappella with the guys that sing outside of the Starbucks. Oh, yeah. That, yeah the the barbershop guys. I've right. you know, been there forever, I guess. You know, And it was a strange thing that happened. They just, they, I was kind of sitting in the crowd, and I was just kind of humming a third part. I wasn't really singing loud. I just kind of thought, wow, that's great. We don't have that in Indiana. People just out in the streets singing for no reason. <laughs> it's too it cold. Wonder, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's too or cold. Or too hot. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was wonderful. And, you know, the kind of motion, hey, you know, come sing with us. And I thought, wow. That was just a really kind of a, you know, uh, one of those experiences I won't forget. And it, it was, you know, I, I'm kind of one of those people I believe in signs. And there were a number of signs that happened during my visit, that being the first. But I, I actually remember calling my mom from Pike Place Market and saying, um, just want you to be the first to know that I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I knew that was going to happen. What, down, so, down the block? or what? <laughs> Yeah, no, she said, she, yeah. I'm, I said, I'm standing on the waterfront, Pike Place mm-hmm. Market, and I'm just telling you that. Mm-hmm. And I'm moving to, to Washington. She said, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been working so well for you since you got out here that uh, you've been nominated for the best female blues singer by the Washington Blues Society for the year 2010. How about that, guys? That's fantastic. That yeah, is fantastic. And there's nice. no more deserving person than Kim Archer in our book. And if you don't win it, it's a crying shame, and we're going to protest, <laughs> and there's going to be riots in the street. That's right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, so much. Uh, It's, you know, that was a humbling, uh, humbling experience, definitely. Those, uh, that organization has just done so much for the, not just the blues, but just for the local scene. They're so supportive of local artists. They've been, um, you know, wonderful to, to us and to many uh, friends of ours that are working hard and the touring, you know, the really, the hardworking bands, you've got gigs every week and, you know, this is what we do for a living. And um, so they've been some recognition. They have, they've really yeah. been a great support. And um, actually uh, Stacy Jones of the Stacy Jones band, who's a good friend of mine. And I, I'm actually, I'm a huge fan of her. She actually won uh, that award and it was nice. We, we, had a, a really nice time together sharing just that that moment and I was so so happy for her but we were there at the award show together at the triple door and it was just uh well maybe she'll be there yeah. when you win it this year well actually you know what what is interesting about it is that we um that night booked uh with the highway 99 blues club we're going to be on a co-bill together <laughs> on September the 10th and I'll just tell you you don't want to miss that show that's us together are yeah. gonna light that place on fire so so you don't want to miss that. <laughs> Kim, we get uh, uh, you know some bands in here, and they're up-and-comers, and they're just dipping their toes in the water. And you've got 20 years' experience in the business. What's one of the most valuable things that you've learned uh, during that time that you could maybe pass on to the people coming up and say, you know, this is what you should focus on or, or stay away from, or uh, you know, this is the kind of the path to maybe being successful? Uh, yeah, you know, very simply, I can tell you that, make it always 
about the audience. Put them first. No matter every decision you make, everything you do, especially the moment you step on the stage, if you put them first, everything you do will be the right thing. Um, there is a, uh, I always say this to audiences a lot, you know, I, I thank them for sharing their energy with us because, you know, there's a certain job that a, that a band or performer has when you step on that stage. And for me, it is being that conduit between the energy of the music, which the band is creating and the venue is helping create. And we're all, it's all kind of a, a magical equation, right? You know, that happens. And we give our energy to the audience and we can do that all night. We could do that to a certain level. We're professionals. That's what we do. But when the audience gives it back to us and shares that with us, we escalate each other to a really good place. And I yeah. think that is... That is that magical equation that happens at our shows, and, and that's what I focus on. So if you want that to happen, trust your audience, let them learn to trust you, and you will, you will share that energy, and it will be an incredible show. Take you to new levels. It really will. Yeah. And, now, really will. and you do a lot of shows. You have uh, uh, the duet project, you have your uh, band project, and you, you do a lot of shows. How do you do that night in and night out? How, how, do, you, how do you attain that... That just solid work, fundamental, and like you said, it, it it's exhausting. I know it has to be. So how, where do, you, what place do you go into to find that uh, night after night after night after night of lugging gear in, setting up, playing, trying to transmit that that groove and the feeling, then it's breaking down and do it again the next day. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely not all of it is, is, is what we call, not of all it's rock star. No, some of that stuff really is not very fun, <laughs> you're right. Um, but, you know, I kind of look at it, I mean, this is what I do for a living, and I, I would compare that to the, the, the woman or man who gets up and, you know, at 7 o'clock in the morning in order to, you know, put the suit on and go to the office all day and muster up the energy to make their sales goal or do what their bosses, you know, rant and raving at them to do and still come home and fix the kids' dinner and have be a husband or wife. There, there's that in there, too. Right. And then sometime in there, they got to sleep, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all have anybody who is trying to do whatever it is they do to a very high level. Um, it's it's all about work, you know, and it's about time management and just knowing that what you put out, if it comes from the right place and you do it with the right type of motivation, you know, what you put out will come back. You, you have to, to just kind of. Do you have to play that game and trust it? You know. Well, you put it out with the best of them. Thank you. Uh, now you have, if, if I'm if I'm correct, you have six CDs out. Is that right? About six. Actually, no. This is going to be my this second. Is second. This coming up is the but, oh, second. Oh, so yes. you had individual songs then. Yes. Okay, on your website. That's yes, my yes, mistake. Yes, yes. No, those uh, are all, yeah, those are all, like, I want to give people just a little snippet of, of what we yeah, do. Yeah, and that's so. kimarcherband.com. Yes. Everybody go check it out. You can link to it off our main page. Uh, so this will be your second CD that's coming up, and you just signed a uh, contract with uh, Maurice the Fish Records. Yes. And tell us about that project, what you're working on. Who's working on it with you and when that's coming out? Well, you know, the uh, signing with the label really helped me start to manage the business part of, of what I do and allowed me more time to be a creative artist, to write, to, to, to work on this project. And so that's been the biggest benefit of, of becoming a part of that label. They're a great bunch of people. There are a lot of other really incredibly talented artists on there. And all of us kind of have the same goal in mind is to do what we do the best we can. And um, we're actually recording with some of those other artists that are on the label uh, with Chris in, in his studio. So Yeah, let's um, introduce Chris. Yes. Uh, Chris is the, uh, the the drummer, and you're going to be producing this CD, is that correct? Yeah, producing and engineering, and uh, working with Kim, my longtime friend and yes. cohort, and 
whatever else you also want to playing say. the uh congos, playing on, the congos. A, on, a, on a tune we're gonna have on here a little bit later <clears throat> yeah and i'd like to add a caveat that's not my normal instrument i usually have <laughs> a bunch of stuff to hit so. <laughs> just had a couple of drums to hit so that was kind of fun <laughs> so tell us yeah. about uh what, what it's like uh producing well this cd <laughs> recording uh, kim yeah recording kim <laughs> as opposed to maybe some others you've recorded and uh you know what are the upsides the challenges and and what can people expect when this comes out well it, it, the interesting thing about working with kim of course i've known kim for what four years now five years mm, now and we nice. met through a mutual friend in indianapolis we both lived out here she had a a drummer friend of mine used to play with her in indianapolis oh okay. she moved out here Long story short, she, she called me. Well, he kept telling me, you know, you got to look up my friend Kim if you want to play. And through him, we kind of hooked up one weekend a long time ago one in a galaxy I said, far away. Help, I she, need a drummer. She called me. She <laughs> says, I need a drummer. I got three shows this weekend. And Tony says, you're pretty good. Are you game? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. That's I'm exactly like, email me the set list and I'll call you back. <laughs> and, uh, so we we went for it. That was four years ago. That was and, four years ago. Except yeah. for a couple of minor sabbaticals when I needed a break because I thought. <laughs> I was gonna die, right? Because she's like, a working maniac. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm an old court. guy. I don't know, know how like, she keeps up with her schedule. <laughs> uh, I don't either. As a matter of fact, she doesn't either. But sometimes. <laughs> but recording Kim, uh, what we were trying to do is because you were talking about different artists, and the thing with different artists is with Kim. If you go to see her, especially her live show, you get the. I mean, that package you were talking about. Yes. This dynamic. This dynamic. Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. This we thing call that it happens. infectious. Yeah, you're There's, trying. To, it's groove laden. Right, right. You, you want to be involved. You don't right. want it to end because exactly. it touches the soul. And so, if you buy the CD at the show, you want to take a little piece of that home. Right. At the same time, we don't want to just do a live album. So it's trying to transfer that energy. And she's, I mean, she's a gifted singer, but she's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. So trying to get that on record is a challenge plus it's also like trying to record a trumpet because she sings so darn loud <laughs> <laughs> you gotta move the mic into the other room like uh, David yeah, Bowie yeah. it's like uh, I don't know what to uh, use a 58 I don't know what to use a 58 so, so uh, anyhow that's that's where we're at with that and then working with different artists have different things and that's what we're trying to do with her and will it be so. your uh, main band everybody we have uh, you have Herman Brown on guitar you have uh, Jerome Gates who plays the bass and of course Chris on the drums anybody you adding any other uh players in this mix we we were we will yes mm -hmm. actually we have uh you know the good thing about one of the many good things uh about playing in a, the same market for a period of time and really doing a lot of shows and making it out to different areas around washington and meeting a lot of people is you you really um are blessed to meet a lot of really talented musicians that each have their own specialty their own flavor their own special thing they can bring to a project and um like I said, I've been really, really lucky to to make a lot of friends here, and you know, a lot of them have said, "Hey, you know, when you get to that place, call me if you need anything. Call me, you know, I'd like to do this with you. I'd like to play in there." So you're gonna hear, you know, some local, other local artists on on my CD. I won't tell tell you who those are, those people are yet. Yeah, I'll just leave it out there, right? <laughs> top um, secret. Top secret, right? Um, and the actually, gets to say we're no. gonna have we're gonna have um, uh, Chris's cousin. Jim, who mm -hmm. lives in Ohio, yeah, he is a, an incredibly accomplished bassist, and so he's probably going to come out and do a track or two mm -hmm. on a couple of the songs. So um, really what we're looking for is you know, we have a pretty clear vision of, of what the overall sound is going to be and the feel of it and kind of what our priorities are as far as what we want to bring to the surface in All it. All original tunes? Uh, we probably won't do all original, but it will be over eighty percent original. So a couple so. of your covers that you do in concert, some of the favorites. Yeah, and a couple, actually a couple that uh, 
that we, we probably haven't heard us do, but um, you know, we're kind of coming from that that angle of we want to kind of surprise a little bit with mm-hmm. the CD, and, and and so people listen and they go, "Wow, I didn't know that they did that," and <laughs> that's interesting. And you know, it's a real a listening thing. You know, I like to listen to music, so I want to be able to listen to the C- CD with the same intensity and the same joy that I listen to others. So that's a big goal for me. Temporary due date for this thing? Uh, you know, I'll say mid October. I have a date, but you know, the moment I say it, something. Happen. I'm, I'm, I'm non-committal. I'm non-committal like that. I, I <laughs> what she's saying is she's expecting me to call her or email her and say, you know, I think we got to take work this magic. again. I've been listening yeah. to this and I don't know. Yeah. See, this yeah. is me not, trying not yeah. to work my producer into a, a, a corner. See, right. you guys, I'm no. trying to look out here. All we, we're just asking this. We're putting it out there. When it's done, will you please come back in? Oh, so we can play uh, some absolutely. of that and get I the would people love interested. To. I would love to, love to, love to. That'd be Definitely. Great. Chris, you, I think you touched on it a little bit, but how's the dynamic of being the producer and directing not only your bandmate, but someone who's been your friend for four or five years? Are you able to be brutally honest? Can you do the constructive <laughs> criticism? Do you got to tread on eggshells? How do you work that? You know, unfortunately, I'm also the psychoanalyst for the band, so <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a pretty easy... Well, we do you just, get paid extra for that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my salary's the doctor, doubled. Yeah. The doctor is in. Exactly. He makes more than I do. <laughs> I was wondering what that couch was in the green room <laughs> after every yeah. show. That's exactly what it is. That's I've right. got a standing appointment. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, we, it's really easy. I mean, if we, well, I think we kind of crossed that bridge last year. We we were cutting a couple of tracks and doing some things and yeah you, you got to get to a point where you can say you know i just i don't like that or i don't know that that's going to work and usually sometimes it's just time you just step away and give it a minute or two and and listen to it the next day i told her when i came over today i cut some drum tracks this week and listened to them one morning and thought man that's great and listened to it the next morning and thought i don't know and, you know you just you go back and forth with that so right. i we kind of do the sounding board thing and the thing with recording no matter what artist I'm working with, you want the artist to be happy. I mean, right. ultimately, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you develop an idea of what the record names sound it. like. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the ultimate goal to make it a record that she can live with and I can live with. Well, we're looking forward to it coming out and uh, and hearing it and having you guys back in. Now, before we get into uh, some of the stats of upcoming shows and some of those things, there's a question I got to ask you because uh, I know, like I said, I've been to a few shows and there are people who get funky and get dancing and stuff. But there was a there was a video you posted. Oh, yeah. Oh, there was a video. You, you, I think it was on Facebook. Yeah. Of the dancing guy. Yeah, and it wasn't it uh, super. Superstition, yes, I believe was the song you were playing. Yes, tell us if, if uh, for those of you out there who haven't seen this video, we got to dig it up and try to put it on our page, uh, or we'll link you to it or something. But yeah. tell us about where you were playing and the dancing guy. <laughs> yes, the infamous. Well, the name of the video is called Dance Man Dance, and uh, uh, my friend Carrie was at the show. We were playing actually at the Hub. And so this would have been the last Saturday of, of July. The 31st is when I guess this happened. And, uh, <laughs> you know, people do get people do get real relaxed. They have a good time and they let their hair down at our shows. And I they love get religious. that. I do not want that to stop. That is one of the things I love. I love to see people having a good time. <laughs> I, I love that. And that's, that's you know, that juices me big time. So um, this guy, you know, he's kind of been standing over in the corner kind of listening. And I'm thinking... You know, and he, he's not a young man by no. any means. No, no, he's not. And I thought, well, you know, he and he's kind of bobbing back and forth to the music. I'm thinking, oh, cool, he's enjoying it. That, that that's a good deal. So we finish that song. We go into Superstition, and which is always a crowd favorite, and always, you know, the people get dancing. And 
all of a sudden it was like I don't know I don't know what hit him if the last drink hit him if he got shocked by lightning I don't know what happened but all of a sudden he became this dancing machine and I mean he took to the dance floor and he was just I mean bobbing his head and walk he had like the Mick Jagger walk he was walking across the, the his dance arms floor his flailing. arms are flailing like a chicken and he's just I mean enjoying the music and he's looking at people and pointing at people in the audience so of course within three minutes I look around and everybody has their little you know handheld their 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 phone their handheld HD you know video whatever everybody's videotaping he became the show he became the show and so I thought you know this is great so we just keep singing then he starts to come up to the stage he's looking at me like hey and I'm like alright baby let's dance so I kind of danced with him a minute, you know, which you can see on the video too. It was hysterical. He continued to dance nonstop. What do you think, Chris? Uh, that's like about four, four minutes like and four, some. Oh yeah, because well, he, he kept going. Next couple, and of we songs. kept stretching it out because I kept, thought, well, hey, everybody's yeah. enjoying. <laughs> and we're like, there was uh, anybody calling paramedics point? to yeah. have him stand by? You know, like I, there had to be some defibrillators yeah. off the stage because I, I thought that guy really, was going down. I was, I yeah. started to get a little nervous. I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking, I, you know, I'm considerably younger than he is, and I think I'd be huffing and puffing a little bit right <laughs> I now. I know I would be. He never stopped. And then the funny thing was, so what? You see on the video, yes. Which yes, it is on our Facebook page. I'll repost it just so it's please toward the top. do. Yeah, let everybody yeah, check that check out. Check that out. Yes, it's Facebook Kim Archer Band. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> <Ding>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I what he stopped dancing. We we stopped the song, and of course the place just went nuts. Everybody's applauding him, and it was great fun. And then he disappeared, and I thought, oh. <laughs> did anybody see? Did anybody see where he is he went? behind a table and in the corner somewhere? Is he somewhere? out in the parking lot in his car? Like, but, turns out he was in the parking lot in his car, changing shirts, yeah. and he came he back in and danced again yeah. after yeah. that. And I thought, oh, wow. wow, that was a, that was well, inspiring. He had to be in his late sixties. He had to be, and you have to see it to yeah. fully appreciate it. So <laughs> post and, that, please. Everybody go on to Facebook, the Kim Archer Band. In fact, click like and then watch the video. Yeah, and when you watch, excuse me. When you watch that, you got to watch Kim's face. You have to. She, cause she Even I, the other band members yeah. are all watching this guy. Yeah, yeah. I lost my place in one song, which I, she looked at me and said, man, four years, I've never seen you lose your place. I forgot what I was doing. I was watching this guy dance. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm thinking, he's going down and we're in trouble. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night. Yeah, watch, watch her face. She turns around and looks at me like, what? on earth is that? and then she gets to dance with him and it's it's priceless well that's, that's priceless. what i'm saying it's always fun it's always a good time at a kim, kim archer band show everybody should get out there check it out speaking of where are we playing coming up we have the swiss pub on jefferson street of course everybody knows where the swiss pub is we're there on the last thursday of this month that's the 26th and then we have uh the 28th we're going to be up in issaquah playing naked stock <laughs> I will just. You guys say, have to be naked. I, I would just say the band will be clothed. Oh man, we want people to. Is stay that an at audience you want to see? Do well, you turn your back. I'm thinking it's going to be a night. I'm going to sing with my eyes closed quite a bit. Uh, wear I, the shades so they can't see exactly. that. They think you're con- I exactly. would be nervous about the well, nude you know, stock. You want to think that all the sexy people are going to no, be naked, but no, unfortunately, no. You know, it never works that way. I mean, yeah. the body is the body. We're not all perfect. It's not a. You know? It's not it's the Playboy stock. No, it's not. We're not playing at the mansion. Stock. And everybody can come in, and they do. So yes, we're doing that the <laughs> afternoon of the 28th, and then uh, the 28th in the evening we'll be back at the hub, and hopefully Dance Man Dance will be back. Oh yeah, Sounds everybody gross. come out and see Dance yeah. Man Dance. All right. <laughs> lastly, uh, 
Kim and uh, Chris. This is kind of my tip of the hat to uh, James Lipton inside the actor studio question. If you guys could have a, a, a dinner, and of course one of the seats is for you, and you have three other seats at the table, who would take those seats? Dead or alive? Dead, dead or alive. Anybody. Oh, wow. Uh, I would say I would love to have dinner with Martin Luther King Jr., um, I would love to have dinner with Bono, just in case we you're can listening. We that. In case you're listening, Bono, I'd love to meet you. <laughs> you're the only man for me ever. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> and he canceled. He's got back problems now. He might you know, be. You know, you know and I had I had really worked to get backstage passes of that show. I, you know, I, and then I heard he was canceled. It just, I, I cried. Uh, they're oh, they're going to still come. When I we're done, so. I'll tell you about my experience backstage okay, with those Ed. guys. Oh, I would love to hear it. All okay, right. uh, that would be seat number two. Seat number three. Gosh. Just because I'd like to ask her some questions about how she pulled that off being so drunk. I'd like to sit down with Janis Joplin and just see, <laughs> ask her about those times and how interesting it must have been to be a woman yeah. at that time and do what she did. Because she obviously wasn't that successful. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling it off. Not at all. Uh, Not at all. Would, yeah, but Janis was the queen. She was awesome. That would be great. Chris, who's, who's at your I table? Get two. Okay, one would be Jeff Percaro, the uh, departed drummer from Toto, who's, right. my, who's my drumming... Uh, Idol and yeah, a, a much one? underrated band, I have to say, a one of my much, favorites. Yeah, and uh, the other one would be U.S. Grant. I'm a history buff, and uh, do you smoke he's cigars? A interesting guy, no, but he did in twenty a day. Yeah, twenty <laughs> a day. Oh, like oh my crap. gosh! Wow. Yeah. Uh, and one more. Seat. You got one more seat. I got one more seat. Oh wow! I forgot about that. How about uh, Elton John? That there you go. Nice. Yes. It was just at the Rush Limbaugh wedding. You, right. Did you get your invite? Daryl and I. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a uh, whole other show. Yeah, that sounds like a great evening. Daryl and I would serve as waiters. We'd <laughs> there. All awesome. right. Kim Archer, Chris, thank you so much for coming in. Everybody, check out the KimArcherBand.com. Go to Facebook and uh, be become a fan on there. Click like or whatever. Watch the Dance Man dance video. Come out and see Kim do her thing. And we're looking forward to the new CD. And we thank you so much for coming in. Thank you guys thank very you. much. Thank we you. really appreciate your support of local music. You guys are awesome. Love you. What did you guys think of Kim? Great, great lady. Just uh, classy and uh, super talented and uh, dynamic. I can't wait for her CD to come out. I made the mistake of saying she had six CDs. I don't know where I got that. I must have been retarded. You know, it was one of those moments where you're like... <laughs> Maybe you got retarded from me. I must have. Was I using your computer to look that yeah, up? That could have been. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sorry, Kim. I thought... You, but anyway... Her new CD that's coming out, I'm looking forward to it. She is a great lady, and I want to thank her for coming in and uh, her producer and just telling us all about what's going on in the South Sound and, and around the Puget Sound and, and her genre of music. We're going to be hearing from her lately. D seriously, stay tuned to the end because she laid down a track live in the cave like we have some people do. That was awesome. You yeah, want to hear? Knocked you, it you, out. You want to hear that? All right. You know, talking about we were at Hell's Kitchen. We're always hip to what's going on down there. Let's get an update. And now it's time for our weekly update with what's going on at Hell's Kitchen. And here's Flash. Welcome to the Hell's Kitchen update on the Northwest Convergent Zone. I'm Flash, and I will be your guide to this week's action at HK. This week, like every week, starts out with Tightwad Tuesday, Tacoma area's favorite Taco Tuesday, hands down. $2 wells, $2 for any beer, and $2 for two huge tacos. We open at 4 on Tuesday, so get down here early before all the good spots are taken. Wednesday, we have another Recession Buster free show with Plague Ship, Devils of Loden, and Hellas. You can make $6 pictures of Paps Luderman all night long as well. Music starts at 9. Thursday is the Hell's Kitchen debut of Ben Union, along with Corvus and Body 
box. This will for sure make a night that will get your booty shaken out on the HK dance floor. Music at 9 and there's a $5 cover. Friday night we have a solid lineup for the hard rock crowd with Wide Eye Panic, In Lunar Blue, Richelieu, and Blame It on the Girl. Take stage about 9pm and there's a $5 cover. Saturday night is a long-awaited CD release show for Point Defiant along with The Love Narcotic, Semi-Automatic, and Bone Flower. This night will rock you solid for sure. Music kicks off at 9 and there's a $5 cover. Hell's Kitchen is a 21 plus establishment and ID is required. We're located downtown Tacoma at 928 Pacific Avenue and the bar can be reached by phone at 253-759-6003. Our website is www.hellskitchenonline.com and booking inquiries can be made there or at flashpoverty at yahoo.com. See you in hell. Hell's Kitchen, 928 Pacific Avenue in Tacoma. Serving up rock since 2002. All right. Always want to thank Flash and I, I want to thank Flash for hosting our event. Yeah, he's a great Great he's a great host. guy. We had a good time. He was down there for some of it. I mean, he's a businessman. You know, he gets. Can you imagine running a club and, ha- and you, there's no way you could stay every night till closing? No, there's just no way, man. But he was there for a while, showed his support, and we and we support him. So, Flash, good on you. Thank you, brother. Everybody, get down to Hell's Kitchen and support those. I'm telling you, man, Tuesdays are killer at Hell's Kitchen. And this week, Ben Union showing up. Ben Union, who's been on our program, and we, we dig that guy's music. I think I'm going to go down and, and uh, hear some of that. So everybody get down to Hell's Kitchen. All right. Uh, we've been blessed with comedy in the Northwest. A lot of funny, funny people here. And, you know, we love our comedians, and we think you guys need to get out there and get, get your ha-ha on. And uh, one of the funniest in our area is T.K. Kasnick. She stopped by, and we had a little conversation, and it sounded like this. All right, everybody, when we're talking comedy in the Northwest, we're truly blessed. And last week we had on Rebecca Corey and Alicia Wood, who are from our area, and we've had several comics on here. Uh, there's something about the Northwest, man. That maybe it's the rain. Maybe it's because everybody's depressed. We need some humor. And, uh, we're, you know, like I say, there's lots of comedy clubs, and we are totally blessed. One of them is right here in Tacoma, and she's our guest today, a very, very funny comedian. We actually got to see her do her thing uh, this last Tuesday at Jazz Bones. Her name is TK Kasnick. TK, welcome to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Hello. It's good to have you in. Uh, let's just start off by, with, you know, with the, the thing I think that everybody asks. You have to kind of ask the, uh, a female comedian. I know you aren't comedians anymore. That's a no-no. Mm-hmm. But what is it like... Um, in a heavily male arena of comedians, what is it like being a female comic in stand-up comedy today, working the circuit, going to the clubs? Well, it's really very interesting because people always bring up that dynamic. And the problem here is that there are just some things that people don't want women to talk about. <laughs> and most of those people are women. And so it's really a problem because we go up on stage and the first thing they do is look at what you're wearing and how your hair is done and is your makeup done. And frankly, They start getting catty right away. They get catty right away. So you have to win them over, bash through that, and then you can get them to laugh. And even then, on one of my favorite comedians locally, Susan Jones, she says you have to write the jokes for the men and then the women look at the men to see if they're laughing. And if they're <laughs> laughing, then they'll laugh too. And sadly, sometimes that proves to be very true. Are there female hecklers? Do they ever you know, call out to you? And well, there's What awful kind of shirt are you called, wearing? There's this thing called a bachelorette party and I do oh. not know why they think they need to go to a comedy club. <laughs> but they come in wearing dicks all over their head and body and then they want to sit in the front row. They're already wasted out of their mind. Their boobs are hanging out and they want to talk to you because you're right in front of them and 
they forget there's other people there too. It's all about them. They have paid to be there. (laughs) And you don't really want to like, you know, wrestle them down and pull them out. But sometimes that does happen. And how do you, how does, I'm fascinated with this because I've been going to stand up uh, for a long time. I'm a big fan of it. I watch it on TV and it's very controlled. Like when people put videos out and stuff, but it's a whole different arena when you go to, especially like a ha ha night, the Tuesdays at jazz bones or, or the comedy underground or whatever. There's this unknown element that show up. And when you're on stage and somebody's just hammering away from out there, do you have like a certain lines in your pocket that you pull out or is it a case by case scenario? Well, how do you deal with that? It's kind of a case by case scenario, but honestly, I think the club usually takes care of it unless it's outrageously funny. Um, <laughs> I did. I went up to the uh, Comedy Underground for an open mic there was like 60 comedians there but i went up and there was these four new zealanders sitting in the front row and they had been hammering on the comedians i just went up there and i was so tired of them i'm like who put the fucking kiwis in the front row (laughs) and then they all started bashing back at me i'm like look i'm in the bdsm community i can take you (laughs) and then they started again i'm like look i'm also a preschool teacher I could take you both ways. <laughs> <laughs> they got all huffy and left, but everybody else clapped. Yeah, because they're now they're they, eliminated. Yeah, and, and you and did a you great can job. Have more fun then. Right, right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is TK Kasnick? How, how you, you saw my act. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did see your act. I think everybody will be interested in this. But uh, also, you said you're a preschool teacher. Tell us a little bit about what you do. You know, away from the light. Well, I used to teach preschool. Now I just teach Sunday school, which is kind of funny <laughs> oh, when you hear the rest of the information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go through the information first. We're going to come back to that one. Well, I teach Sunday school at Global Genesis in Burien. Um, it's a metaphysical church called Religious Science. And we don't really teach dogma. We teach um, value systems. Mm-hmm. So like today, we talked about honesty and and being in the universal eye and stuff like that. Now, that does nowhere in there say that people can't <laughs> be something else otherwise. So that's my rated G place. Yes. I, I clown too, which is rated G. Once a week on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's my karma, please. And then uh, PG, I do DJing. So I recently just DJed for the uh, Next Top Model auditions in Puyallup. Really? That was funny as all get out. <laughs> I was just sitting there, do you guys watch the show? <laughs> really? You cannot tease your hair up to 5'7". It just doesn't Have work. a sandwich. Yes. Oh, there was a couple. I thought, oh, science, you know, you know the skeleton they have in the science thing. I'm like yeah. looking at that. I'm not sure the difference. I think we should call an ambulance. But anyway. It's, and those people, instead of like the bathing suit contest, it should be how many clothes can you put on them? Oh, I know. And the size 26, Before they, they look she's normal. a plus size model. Uh-uh, honey. Your clothes were screaming when you put them on. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, let me up. <laughs> Anyhow. And then uh, rated R, obviously, yes. is my comedy because... You know, I watch people like Lori Kilmartin and Susan Jones, and they're out there, and they're not talking about the typical stuff that people talk about, and they do it in such a way where I get called dirty a lot. I don't cuss a lot on my stage act, but I do talk about topics that can be considered content dirty, depending on how fucked up your brain is. <laughs> so I, I'll give them that, and then I have my Twisted Show, which is rated X. So Yeah, we want to get back to that in a moment. <laughs> TK, I wanted to ask you, I was uh, looking at your site, and uh, it uh, listed uh, one of your idols as George Carlin, which, uh, of course, comedic genius and uh, 
uh, passed a while ago. Uh, but the other thing that I found interesting is you're a sci-fi fan. How do you work the sci-fi into your act? You know, I really don't. It was so strange. I went all through... I was a complete nerd, honestly. I, I <laughs> wanted to go to Caltech and be an aeronautical engineer. And I studied chemical engineering at OSU and got bored. So I quit that because apparently somebody with 165 IQ needs something else to do besides engineering. Wow. <laughs> so You just tripled IQ <laughs> That's in right. this room. Jeez. <laughs> you know, but the thing is, is that it's like having a thousand glasses and you get two pitchers of water, okay? Everybody gets a little water in every glass. Those are the normal people that keep the whole world running. Then there's us people that have a lot of water and a few glasses. That does not mean that I'm so smart I won't walk into a door <laughs> because I don't have any water in that glass that says open the door first. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... Now, did you grow up here in the Northwest? Are I you, did. And OSU, I assume that's Oregon State. Yes, not it was. Ohio All my State. family has gone to Oregon State University. Great grandpa said that he came here from Poland so that we could go to college. And be a beaver. I know. <laughs> we had this song we sang in marching band that was just horrifically terrible. <laughs> But it was fun. Well, that works, though, being bisexual. Yeah, you know what? I always ask people when I first meet them, did you play a, any sort of instrument in band? And they're like, what do you mean? Like a brass instrument or a flute or something like that? They're like, why do you want to know? I'm like, well, because if you played an instrument, you have strong lips. You have a good embouchure. You're probably a damn good kisser. <laughs> you, didn't, you played guitar. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no. sorry. I played cornet, baritone, tuba. <laughs> Oh, yeah, now he's volunteering. That's yeah. an audition. We don't want to hear about I wanted to do the sousaphone. Your breasts are almost big enough. I, oh! That's right. Our school couldn't afford a sousaphone, so. Uh, Sorry, all right. I, I look let's, great at G, don't I? Yes, you do. You look like a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the uh, sex-positive comedy show that you do, because I... If I'm not mistaken, I believe our friend Jeremy Whitman was in on one of those, and it shocked the crap out of him. I love Jeremy. <laughs> so tell us about this whole concept, this show that you do. It's primarily in Seattle. I I've seen it advertised on Facebook and um, uh, people pushing it. I have not been to it, but it looks interesting, and I'm, I'm just I'm curious as all get out about it. The concept here is that people need a place to go where the judgment is suspended. Whatever you're into is fine. As long as everybody in there is consenting adults, then fine. Go do it. Have fun. Be safe. Um, I do it at the Center for Sex Positive Culture up in Seattle. They sponsor it in part by helping me provide... Well, we have a little program in the center. <laughs> so we do some comedy, and then we have a couple of variety acts that are very sexy. And I'm hoping at the next show that we're, we're going to have doing these... sword fights with dildos? What's going on? What's no, happening? No, no sword fights. Like <laughs> two women dancing the tango or okay. burlesque or singers, you know. Oh, so it's not, it's not as X-rated as Well, it then seems. there's the program in the center, which is usually <laughs> like 12 to 15 minutes long, and it covers topics such as fire play and rope bondage and... Um, double D, look, he's getting caning. all excited. <laughs> I, I personally have never done caning, but uh, we did caning. Like a bamboo did, cane? Yes. Oh, no. Paddling, you know. Uh, we, Ping pong paddle? What's happening out like there? Like all kinds of paddling. Yes. There's actually a science to it and there's physical parts you shouldn't hit here you should hit here <laughs> i could name a couple of those <laughs> safe, safe words yeah, yeah safe I, paddling. I have a joke about safe words i don't normally do it anywhere but the twisted show because people laugh in the wrong places <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, so you get up and do some comedy, and then they do uh, their little uh, the sort of the halftime entertainment. Right. And then do you come back out? Then we come back out and do a f- little bit more comedy, and that usually lets the headliner have a chance at uh, responding to some of what is seen, because there's always those few mainstream people who didn't really look at what the show is before <laughs> they came the in. And then they're sitting there with their eyes all, uh. <laughs> But frankly, if you've ever played dress up, if you ever, you know, played at spanking your partner or anything like that, if you ever said, hey, those are sexy shoes, you are part of the BDSM community. <laughs> it's just you're on the vanilla end because like out here, I'm kinky, okay? In there, vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> Very Lily white, vanilla. huh? <laughs> yes, actually. TK, uh, there's uh, some great comedic concepts, and there's been some lame comedic concepts, kind of the gong show type stuff. And uh, in the shows that you've worked and uh, the other comedians that you've seen, has there anybody that you've ever watched that's been so bad that even you were saying, I don't know what I can say to him. I can't offer him any hope. You got the, They're you horrible. Got the, you got the hook off the side. You're ready to yank yeah. him off so you can get on there. Okay, so I'm in that middle range where I'm, I'm becoming a feature and going on the road and doing all that fun stuff. And then the headliners still tell me a lot of things. And then there's people below me, and I go, I used to to be that person <laughs> and just a couple weeks ago i was at the seattle comedy underground open mic and i literally had made a bet with another female comedian jessica strauss that how many times these new male comedians would talk about their cock <laughs> and when it got to over 100 i quit counting and then there's only 35 comedians in an open mic and i was in the back of the room i was hitting my head on the wall carl warman is like hey um yeah. One more time, please. <laughs> yeah. like, please tell me I wasn't that bad. Please. <laughs> Were you talking about your cock? <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't really talk about cocks all that much. I do talk about a fish and wildlife license. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let people come out to hear that because we don't want to give your stuff away. That's a whole different thing. But uh, I will say this, that... Um, when you're going to when you know when we go to just as an audience and we go to a club and you know there's varying degrees of people out in the there's the people that are completely shit faced uh, who are gabbing with themselves there are those who are really there to hear comedy and either get their spirits lifted or they just want to be entertained and then there's like some real critics out there who like comedy snobs you know and as as somebody who's in the wings and you're waiting to come up. I'm just curious, what's going through your mind? Are you are you thinking about like the, the varying degrees of the audience? Have you gauged them out, or is it just you're going to go out there and you just feed off of what's coming back? Well, ironically, that feeds into why I started coming in the first place. But when I'm in the wings, actually, I do a very <laughs> metaphysical thing, which I actually close my eyes. I um, I tend to be an earth spirit, so I imagine all the energy from the trees coming to me, and then I imagine little tendrils going out to all those people and allow myself to bond with them that there might be some openness to me talking to them and finding some connection with them out there. And uh, that's what I've come up with. Some people pray, some people drink a whole bunch. You know, <laughs> I, I've seen some people, I'm like, you can't walk by yourself to the stage. I don't know how you're going to be funny. Those are the, com- those are the comedians that get up there that really bother me. That, And I don't mind swearing. It really doesn't bother me. But when, e- when they think that saying, you know, the F word about everything is the funny part. Oh, see, and see, that's where I have a problem and why I love Dark Carlin back to him is that he was a wordsmith. And what I like to do, I actually write a lot and I've been published. And 
I'm really fascinated by words and how we don't actually even speak English here anymore. We speak American. It's yep. very different. And people use those words, my dad used to tell me, because <laughs> they don't have access to other words in their vocabulary. <laughs> now, you know, Shakespeare had 34,000 words in his vocabulary, which is fantastic since he made up most of them. But most of them, most people only have two to three. 4,000 words in their vocabulary, which is really, really sad. So it's limiting, subscribe isn't it? to dictionary.com. I spent half of my act actually explaining what the word I used was. <laughs> Do you know what Rubenesque means? <laughs> it does not mean fat. It's That's different. Right. It's subtle. You know. Right. <laughs> uh, in uh, your uh, travels and being on the road and the shows that you've done, the uh, hippest audiences and the uh, kind of dullest audiences... That, you know, that's really interesting. It just depends on the room. And I think what happens with comedians is that we get a lot of jokes from the road and things that happen for, on the road. But you'll be someplace where you never expect to have a good crowd and people will just be the nicest people in the world and they'll be laughing at everything because the Internet brings us all together. Although my cousin lives in Alaska, and I'm pretty sure they're still like 10 years behind. <laughs> At least. And so you never know what you're going to get. And so I think that, you ever watch the show Lie to Me? Yep. And they're doing the whole micro expressions, and that's personal hobby is how to read bodies and all that. And that's what comedians have Joe's to do. You read boobs. I, I did, but that's hey, only because. Come you know, on. We could both. Uh, I just be wanted fitted. to know come if on, we could share bras. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> You know, uh, they're called. They're called. Going on they're there. called man's ears, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know what you're going to get, and you have to really kind of be into people. I think that comedians do it for several different reasons. One, I've pretty much never met a comedian that wasn't messed up childhood kind of thing, and the way we deal with it is by being funny, being using comedy to do our therapy. Some people go one way, which is to be the basest of base, which is blue, which is almost where every comedian starts. And then if you keep going, at some point you realize you can affect people. Mm -hmm. You know, our job is to break down barriers because if we make something funny and you have to laugh at it, it sleeps under your subconscious door, percolates in there, and somewhere, someplace, you'll be talking to somebody you don't know. You'll open your mouth to say something you think you know. Something else will come out, much to your surprise and theirs. <laughs> And you'll have changed your mind about something. So, according to TK Kasnick, uh, give us a lowdown of your feelings about the comedy, uh, the state of comedy in the Northwest. You, you do Seattle, you do Tacoma, you do around the sound. Um, how are things out there with the crowds? How are things out there? With, are we in a resurgence? Is it... Um, are, are people coming out, or is it at a you know is it at a lull? Can it be better? What, what's going on out there? I think we're in a strange spot because the '80s were fantastic. Yeah, and I was pretty young in the '80s. Um, I won't tell you how old I am now, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, what happened now is that we have so much TV and we have so much watered down comedy on TV. Amen. And we spend so much time making everything so PC that nobody can experience the world. So they stay in front of their TV. They don't go out and experience live comedy or live music or live anything where you, you get a new experience. You may have seen something on HBO, which is great, but you weren't out in the audience where that connection was built, where that energy was exchanged, where a show became different from night to night because you were there. Uh, this kind of might dovetail on that a little bit. So 
you go back to George Carlin again, and uh, in the 70s, he does uh, a routine that's banned from the radio, the seven words you can't say on the radio. Fantastic. Genius, of course. And then now you, you, you go forward, flash forward to now. So 50 years ago, where comedy was at, where's comedy going to be in the next 50 years? That's a very good question. I think it just really depends on whether we turn our lives over to the computers and become brains in a test tube or if we decide we're going to live as human beings and fully experience the world. Well, I say, as Rush says, we choose free will. Oh, we will eventually. But that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's Rush the band. Yes. I actually started comedy, though, because of the Smothers Brothers. Really? Yes, I used to listen to their records when I was younger. So were your folks into them, obviously? They had some a Bill Cosby record and the Smothers Brothers, and I'd listen to them over and over again. I was an extremely shy, painfully shy child. I actually didn't speak until I was 22. <laughs> and then I tried comedy got scared out of my mind and then my dad uh, had chronic lymphatic leukemia and uh, they told us he had two years to live or a 40% chance to survive a stem cell transplant and I thought whoa uh, there's a few things I wanted to do with dear old dad before this happens so I jumped full on into comedy unfortunately he's an engineer and most of what I have to say has he's like um that's not funny TK <laughs> but dad they're laughing he's still trying to figure out I got two thousand dollars for a poem I wrote he's like that's like 20 point whatever a word <laughs> you make more than I do I'm like yeah one poem one dad <laughs> one poem <laughs> and you you have have some uh, some over some physical overcoming don't do. you and, and share that with us well I have fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue immunodeficiency syndrome which I go out of my way sometimes too much to make people think I'm normal but it's a disabling disease and like 15 years ago 12 to 15 years ago I was completely bedridden and I was 250 pounds I had a really bad lesbian haircut <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I really needed to be rescued by the Mary Kay trauma team. <laughs> you know, and I did some things back then, but I don't remember most of it. I was in so much pain that the phone would ring next to my head and I wouldn't answer it. I mean, I don't really remember hardly anything from that period of time. Uh, the memories I do have are of pictures that people explain to me what happened in those pictures. But there's this wonderful doctor here in Tacoma. He's one of the best doctors in the country for fibromyalgia. His name's Dr. Bakken. He saved my life, and I still see him today. And I have to eat right and sleep right and exercise right and moderation and all things, blah de blah de blah And sometimes that means that when all the other comedians get to stay out and schmooze with everybody else and get all those other people to go to their next gig and they're drinking or whatever. I can't do any of that. I have to choose to go home because I either have to choose to live or choose to die. And I've made my choice. Well, we think, uh, we think what you do is terrific. And uh, it's, I'm glad you got a handle on that and you can share your craft with us. You're truly talented. And I think everybody should get out there and check out TK Kasnick. Where are you going to be? What's coming up for you? Well, I'm going to do another guest set at Jazz Bones this Tuesday night, which I love that room. And that room loves me. It's just a good room. <laughs> it's, it's a, a good fantastic room. room. Ralph Porter is amazing. And Hennigan's going to be out. That's going to be fun. Oh, that'll be a good night. Hennigan is good. And then Thursday, I'll be doing a set down at the Tacoma Comedy Underground and then getting ready programming for the next couple venues for Twisted. It's going to come up in September and 
Well, we have to get going on that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> People have to write their twisted material. What works in a regular mainstream room is not going to work in my room. <laughs> yeah, you got to do a lot of research for well, that. Well, they'll I... say something like, have you ever been drunk, like 14 nipple piercing drunk? Thank you, Barbara Sarah. <laughs> and my group will go, why would you get drunk for just 14 piercings? That doesn't make sense. No big deal. I got 200 last week. It was nothing. That was stone sober. All right. Our guest today has been TK Kasnick, and you can catch her all around the sound at the comedy clubs. She's very, very funny. You should get out and check her out. Uh, go to her Facebook page. Become a, a, a friend or a like on there. And TK, it's been a pleasure having you in. Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing me to the man cave. Thank you, TK, for coming in. <laughs> you guys, TK, she's cool, right? Yeah, she's a very witty kind of a cerebral comic, if you if you know what I'm saying. Right. I mean, a little. It's a little different than your than most what you know what you consider to be you know most stand up comics or whatever. She has a little different bent on things, which is what we like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we takes a different tact. Yeah. There's you know people do the norm and they get out there and uh, you know f this f that and we think everybody think that's funny. I like a little more smarter humor, and I think you guys out there who are listening, uh, you know, you trust us to bring you something that's not the norm. That's what we're doing. We try to find people that uh, are, you know, a little bit um, off from what everybody's doing, but we think it's cool. So hopefully, you and guys- she's a Sunday school teacher. <laughs> who would have ever guessed? <laughs> yeah. I seriously, we saw her. We saw her on Tuesday night. We saw yes. her on Tuesday night. I would have went to Sunday school a lot more often. <laughs> she was, <laughs> she was my Sunday school oh. teacher. <laughs> yes, I would have been. Well, I'm still going. What church was that again? I'm hanging out there. Uh, yeah, but I don't think they'd appreciate you being in, in the little kids' Sunday no, school No, it'd class. be real creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we saw her on Tuesday night yep. at uh, Jazz, Jazz Bones because she was one of the openers leading up to Alicia, Wo- Alicia Wood, which was a total surprise to us we didn't know she was going to be there and i thought she was very funny it was good to see her and uh, thank you tk for coming in and best of luck to you i hope you'll stop by sometime all right you ever thought about that band movie or tv star or maybe local celebrity and said wonder where those guys are now well to answer those questions for you is the northwest convergence zone's own professor emeritus of the forgotten and obscure our own man Rockter J. We now here I come to save the day. Super Jack is cutting prices, and that's his way. Kind of catchy. Jack Roberts, you're too much. What's with the cake? I'm Super Jack Roberts, and I'm making super deals on Magic Chef appliances, plus up to five hundred dollar rebates. Hurry into stupid Super Jack Roberts. I'm battling high prices with easy credit terms, ninety days same as cash and bank cards. This is silly. I'm leaving. So am I. Like my prices, I'm going down, down, and away. I won't be undersold. There it is. I won't be undersold. Loved that guy. How many times did you hear that as Jack Roberts came I on? I can see him in his overalls and now. And what I loved was he wore the overalls with the red satin baseball jacket, yep. over the, the overalls over that. Uh, his wife, Linda, usually gave him the pie-in-the-face treatment. Yes. <laughs> uh, what I found interesting when uh, researching on Jack was that he had a huge budget because the appliance companies paid for most of those ads because they were so popular, and he was moving so many appliances. Uh, he started his stores in 1973, eventually had five stores. 
and you know there was a you would think he's just one of the guys uh, the wild TV pitchmen that we have a history of here in the Northwest. Uh, Should we name some? Oh, Cal Worthington, Cal Worthy, Glenn Grant, Dick Balsh, who uh, actually King and Bunny. Dick Balsh influenced Jack Roberts to start doing the ads because so, Jack, uh, Dick Balsh was before. And who's the guy Jack now? Roberts. The dancing, uh, yeah, mattress the, guy, the mattress and, and Flynn, and you know, Flynn Hall. Flynn. Yeah. yeah, so we've had a ton of them. But uh, so Jack was the king. But you know, there was another side to Jack Roberts that I found interesting. He uh, was very active in a Christian church. Uh, he coached kids basketball. Really? He was a big dude. He was six three, man, and so he was a good sized guy. Uh, but he was very devout at his church. Uh, he he totally had a different personality when he was away from doing his crazy commercials. In fact, he used to minister to guys in the Snohomish County Jail because he lived up in Snohomish. And some of the guys, when they got out, he gave them jobs at Jack Roberts Appliance. So wow, very interesting. And the last fact about Jack. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting, is he actually played for the team that was constantly drubbed by the Harlem Globetrotters. The Washington he Wizards? The Washington Generals. Generals. He actually played for the Washington Generals. He did? Yeah. So that was a nice oh, little fact. I never knew that. Yeah, I never did either that Way I found out about it. pull it out, Big Joe. Well, uh, Jack sold all his stores in uh, 2000, and unfortunately, which I had kind of forgotten about yeah. this, but he came to, came to mind. Um, he uh, died from prostate cancer in 2002, and he's been gone since then. But uh, the guy left a big impression on people and always put a, a smile on people's faces. Never bought any appliances from him. <laughs> but well, I, bought, I bought a whole did house. You? I bought, I think, two houses full. Did, did you? you? Yeah. Right. Well, you Double covered D. us all. Nice. All right. Anyhow, yeah. that's uh, where are they now? Jack uh, Roberts. Thank you. Jack Roberts, man. I was always a big fan. It's nice. He still has a couple of stores around. Yeah, yeah. they still have his name on them. I think they're ran uh, by his daughter. Okay. Well, very good. Thanks, Big Joe. That's always a treat and a pleasure. And uh, Jack Roberts was definitely one of those pop icon heroes around here that love him or hate him, man, you knew who he was. So uh, rest in peace, Mr. Jack Roberts. All right. Well, that's the end of our big show. And I want to tell you about something that's coming up next week. We have a, uh, a nice little list of uh, groups coming in here. A fantastic group out of Seattle, The Crying Spell. You guys want to tune in for that. They are amazing group. Some of our buds, some of our friends, some of our, our family, guys that we really support and like, and these guys are stellar. They played at our uh, anniversary slash birthday party. Legend of Bigfoot have yeah, a CD release coming definitely. out. It's coming up on the 28th, I believe, at Hell's Kitchen. They're stopping by to get you stoked about that. Maybe we'll get a sneak peek on some of those. And also another great band, which we heard at Sweet Kiss Mama's uh, CD release party, Lonely H, who are just about to get out of here and head to Nashville. We're going to catch up with those guys that's all next week on the northwest convergence zone again thank you everybody for tuning in uh school's about to start you guys are about to get in the routine please make us part of it as always i'm big d and this is big joe and i'm double d this is the northwest convergence zone where all things come together let's get out of here with some kim archer she's going to give us a sneak peek from her upcoming cd this is a track called don't do it and she's going to roll right into a classic by joe cocker Unchain my heart. Hang on, folks. This is the real deal. See you next week. Hi, this is Kim Archer and Chris Tessing of the Kim Archer Band. And this is a song that will be on our upcoming CD. The song is called Don't Do It. We're going to give you just a little taste of what that's going to sound like.
about each and everything You know it's pulling us apart Find words and silk and lace Like a thief who's at the gate Just waiting to come on in Don't do it if you ain't gonna do it right I've already been there I've already been there Why do we always wanna fight? I can't take it No, I can't take it This is a song that has become, a, I think, a favorite of our fans who come to see us live. And uh, it's a song that was actually on my first uh, first CD that I released quite a while ago now. So another reason why I'm very excited about the one that's coming up. And uh, this is a little remake of a tune by Joe Cocker called Unchain My Heart. Unchain my heart, baby. Set me free Cause you don't care Oh, let me Let me be Unchain my heart Darling, let me be Unchain my heart Cause you don't care about me Well, every time I call you on the phone Some woman tells me that you're not at home Unchain my heart Baby, set me free Well, unchain my heart Darling, let me go Unchain my heart Cause you don't love me no more You got me screwed up like a mental case You're letting all my good loving go to waste Unchain my heart Baby, set me free Well, I'm under your spell like a woman in a trance, baby Oh, but you know down where That I don't stand a chance Baby, unchain my heart Darling, let me be Unchain my heart Cause you don't care about me You lead me to life for me you don't care here to be for me Unchain my heart Baby, set me free Do you spin like a woman in a train? 
has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.